Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. All right, time for another Bible Chat. I have Armando and Eric back in the studio with me, and in our previous episode, we introduced the Book of Ruth and talked about the Book of Ruth some, but we didn't have enough time to get into the, really, what to me is the bright light of the Book of Ruth, the the most exciting thing as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a follower of Christ, when I read the book of Ruth, when I study the book of Ruth, and that is this concept of the kinsman redeemer. Armando, you want to read to us from Ruth chapter 2, where we find this language of the kinsman redeemer. Yep. Chapter 2, verse 20, may the Lord bless him. Naomi told her daughter-in-law, he is showing his kindness to us as well as, as to your dead husband. This man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers, our kingsmen redeemers. In the New Living Translation, which you're reading, it says a family redeemer. Yep. In the King James and the, uh, I've got the 1984 NIV, both refer to the kinsman redeemer or the kinsman. It just says kinsman in my uh, translation, but most translations and Bible dictionaries, you take that word and they now use the word kinsman redeemer. Because kind of a compound word. Kind of a, well, it's <laughs> compound Hyphenated, <thought>. yeah. <laughs> yes. So what is this concept of a kinsman redeemer? Leviticus chapter 25 is where Verse this 25. is found in the Mosaic law. Yes. This is provision from God for family members, right? Mm -hmm. It's a provision from God for the integrity of the family. Uh, I think as Christians, we believe that the uh, foundation of society is built upon uh, a family, not simply an individual. And so God provides for individuals uh, in a fallen world to be sustained and supported when a key person of the family dies. Usually the breadwinner, the person who's the head of the house might be the husband. And if he passes on, then what happens to the uh, wife and children? The Lord doesn't want those people to be homeless uh, or without provision, and so there is a set order for how are they to be sustained financially, and that term is called a kinsman redeemer. It refers to a male member of the family who is uh, given the obligation, the duty, and the honor of uh, financially supporting and rescuing them. Many people are probably familiar with the idea that, that in the inheritance laws in Old Testament, that the eldest son got a double portion of the inheritance. So if Which you have, seems so unfair to the other siblings <laughs> that read this these days, right? How come he gets more? He's the first. He gets everything first, right? He does. He got his driver's license first. He got right all that stuff. He's always getting things, right? now, And you yeah. give him double the inheritance? What's up with that? Well, so if you have four sons, for example, you divide the inheritance five ways. That's how it works out practically. And so the oldest son gets two parts of the five, and everybody else gets the one. Uh, and so that's how, that's, that's how the double portion works out mathematically. But the reason that the oldest son gets the double portion is because he is assigned the role of the kinsman redeemer, which means that if uh, uh, one of his other brothers or one of his sisters or other relatives uh, goes into debt or loses money or becomes, finds themselves destitute for whatever reason. For whatever reason, that he is out, he is obligated to help rescue them. And redeem means he literally buys them back or buys them out of their trouble. That 
that helps people, I think, maybe to understand why the oldest is getting a double portion is because now they also have this responsibility and this weight upon it. It's not just for their own. <coughs> oh, that's exactly why. Yes, it's because they will have an extra responsibility that will not be expected of the younger ones. And then if that person dies, then the ki- the next kinsman redeemer, there's a, a hierarchy or a line of a transmission of authority that goes to the next, you know who your next kinsman redeemer is is if the first one should pass away or become incapacitated. So God is expecting the family to take care of family. Yes. This is not put upon the government. This is put upon the families. Yes. So in the book of Ruth, we have these three ladies that find themselves in a foreign land. Initially. And, initially. And the mother-in-law, Ruth, sends one of her daughters-in-law. Says, she says to both of them, go home. Mm-hmm. Go back to your families. Your, all their husbands had passed away. And in that day and age, as a woman, now your livelihood's taken as well. You've got to figure out a way to survive. Go back to your families. And one says, okay. She goes back to her family. This is the early part of the book. And then the other one, named Ruth, says, I'm going to stick with you. Stay with the mother-in-law. Famous passage. We looked at it last week. Now, they go back to Ruth's homeland. And what happens? They discover that there's a man by the name of Boaz who is a landowner. He's a, he has... Wealth. He's physically related to uh, Naomi's yep. husband, mm-hmm. uh, Elimelech, who had died. And so he is a potential kinsman redeemer for mm-hmm. Ruth. Yes. Yep. He's the one that, uh, that has the obligation or the duty to help out the family in cases of disaster. And that actually is what happens. In, in chapter 2, Boaz is the one that makes sure that she gets extra uh, a job but also that they leave even extra grain for her to pluck. He doesn't give her the money. He uh, actually has her working, but he also provides uh, safety for her so that she can work unmolested, and he makes sure that uh, there's an extra amount of grain for her to pick up when she does her gleaning. So Ruth and or Naomi think this would be a good thing for her to marry him, and this is, you know, in the story where you think, okay, well, they're going to get married and live happily ever after. But every good drama, every good story has this conflict or complication or tension or adversary or something. In this case, it's not necessarily an adversary, but it's the reality there's actually someone who is closer to her as a kinsman redeemer. And with that line you were talking about of of, Succession. succession, Boaz really doesn't have the right to immediately redeem Ruth because there's another relative who's closer, right? right. Yes. First guy. So he cleverly says there's a piece of land that he would like to redeem, but he's not the closest. So he goes to that guy in office and says, oh, by the way, if the guy was, yeah, I want the land. I want the land. I'm going to redeem it. He goes, oh, by the way, attached to that land, going with that land is this woman, this widow. Yeah. Yes, and she had no children, and so uh, he is also supposed to marry her. And that brings up a a, a couple of other uh, issues. Number one is the other uh, relative, he's not even named in the book of Ruth. He's just said a man, such Mm -hmm. a one, a, a, a certain man, and so his name isn't given in the text. But when he redeems, he also has the duty and the obligation to marry her. Uh, the Old Testament provided what's called leverate marriage, in which if a person died and had no ch- children, if a man died and had no children, uh, his brother or kinsman redeemer is supposed to marry that woman and then uh, raise up a family through that marriage. And this actually occurred even if the man was married previously or already married. And so this is a, a case of polygamy uh, at times. 
unless the man was single, in case mm-hmm. he would marry without uh, having a polygamous or bigamous marriage. So Boaz is a single man. He wants to marry Ruth. He offers this land and the addendum uh, wife, if you yeah, will. And the, and, yeah, with, with the duty of the wife. And this other kinsman redeemer who's closer says, then I cannot redeem. This is chapter 4, verse 6. It might endanger my own estate. He doesn't want to marry Ruth. Yes. He says, you redeem it yourself. I can't do it. And so then they seal that deal publicly in front of the elders of the city by exchanging sandals like we always do when we make a deal, right? So kind of an ancient practice there. That's kind of humorous to us when we read it. They they take off their sandals and exchange them. We uh, slap skin. Yeah. (laughs) We we sign contracts with lots of signatures and lots of lawyers present, but they just took off a sandal and traded sandals. So so they sealed the deal, and she was redeemed. Now— how does this connect to us as New Covenant believers, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ? What, why does this excite us to see this story? Well, I think one thing is, is that Ruth is a Moabitess, a, 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 a pagan people who are ordinarily were not only the enemies of Israel, but we would be destroyed before Israel. And so this is an example of how God, number one, not only rescues us as a concern for women, but is also concerned for pagans, and that they can be redeemed and brought into the covenant of God, uh, and they're not automatically rejected just because of their nationality or their previous religion. This is mm-hmm. a story of conversion, and this is also a story of redemption and rescue. Shows us the um, picture of Jesus as our Redeemer. He is our kinsman he's redeemer. Our, he's our kinsman redeemer, right. He's a brother to us in the sense that he became man. Yes. He became one of us. Mm-hmm. And he, of course, is the redeemer in the sense that he rescued us mm-hmm. and saved us from our destitute condition, which was our sinful condition, our, our state of being sinful before a holy God and deserving of everlasting punishment and wrath as a result. Paid the price. Yeah, and the Bible says you were bought with a price, mm-hmm. you know, not with you know silver we're and purchased gold. Purchased by His blood, but with the precious blood. And so it, we are we are literally purchased or redeemed through Him. Beautiful story. Yep. Beautiful imagery from Ruth. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.